Ever imagined a life that transcends your wildest dreams and current routine? Do you feel like you're being called to something bigger, greater, or better? Hello, and welcome to the You Are Meant For More podcast. I'm your host, Simona McNeil, and I'm a believer and follower of Jesus Christ, a wife, a mom of five, and an entrepreneur who believes that something divine happens when we choose courage over our comfort zone. Each Thursday, we'll explore what it means to rely on your faith instead of fear, and how to use our trust and belief in God to grow in motherhood, business, and spiritually. We'll explore a wide range of topics, from overcoming fear and shame to finding our true identities. And of course, I'll share some practical tips to unlearn societal norms that have held us back along the way. Together, we'll turn to teachings from the Bible to guide us, empower us, and remind us of our God-given strength. So whether you're taking the first steps towards exploring your calling or seeking inspiration to keep going, this podcast is for you. Join me and let's explore together how we can fulfill our divine purpose. It's time to share your story. Hello, and welcome back to the You Are Meant for More podcast. I am so excited about today's episode. Today, we're going to be talking to Joy Windling about play. Before I get too carried away, I do want to introduce Joy. She is an amazing mom of five. Not only is she a podcaster, but she's also a parent coach who has a certificate in parenting for faith, as well as 20 plus years of experience in ministry, which is impressive <laughs> to say the least. She has a wealth of knowledge um, and wisdom to share with us today. And her approach is quite unique because rather than leaning on worldly advice, she invites the Holy Spirit into all of her coaching sessions so that um, she can use that to lead you and your family towards a closer relationship with Jesus through discipleship and discipline. Joy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here and I just love every opportunity I have to talk about Jesus and play. As you said, I am a parent coach and I also am serving as family pastor currently at my church. I just love to come alongside parents and help them understand that discipling their kids is their role. They are the biggest influence in their kids' faith life and life in general. And that the way we go about doing that as parents can either lead their children to a faith filled with joy and abundant life or towards a faith understanding that faith is a chore. Faith is something we're forced into doing. Some Faith isn't exciting or fun. And I think the life and joy outcome of a playful discipleship will help lead kids to wanting to continue that and wanting to take ownership of it. So it's not just my parents' faith, but it actually becomes their own faith because they've experienced their own joy in it. 
I love that. First of all, I just want to say that I love how excited you get when you talk about play. <laughs> um, it, it brings me so much joy because, as I mentioned at the top of today's episode, this is an area where I can grow. I had the privilege of growing up in a family where play wasn't necessarily acceptable. Instead, we were all encouraged to be many adults, basically. So we were encouraged to be incredibly responsible, not saying you can't be responsible and playful, but it just wasn't something that was taught. So my first question for you is, what is play? How do you define that? Well, and I think that is something that is unique about me is because often people think, oh, she talks to play out play. It must be like board games or getting on the floor and wrestling with your kids, building Legos all the time, Barbies and make-believe. And for kids, those things are definitely play. But playing Barbies is not play for me. And so I like to broaden the definition of play. And for me, play is anything that allows me to experience joy and the goodness of God and to see the blessings that he's given me and to experience and walk in those things. And so for me, sometimes play is listening to an audiobook or a podcast or even drinking my tea hot. Play doesn't have to just be those things that um, kids do, but anything that allows us to really connect with God in a joyful and blessed place. I love your definition. It's already helping to renew my mind and reframe the way that I look at play. I love Ecclesiastes 11.8 says that however many years anyone may have, let them enjoy them all. And yes, and I think it's so important because it's not saying, especially for moms, it's not saying we have to enjoy every moment, but are we enjoying the years? Are we experiencing the abundant life that Jesus talks about in John 10 and 10? Or there's also verses throughout the Bible that talks about in God's presence is complete joy. And if we're not enjoying those years, then we must be stepping out of his presence. And so we can invite his presence in to these simple, ordinary, daily moments of things that bring us joy and invite God into those. And he'll complete that joy and help us to grow in our relationship with him and then also model that for our kids. I love that. I absolutely love that. So many moms don't believe that they are a playful parent, myself included. What would you say to that mom who says, I'm not playful? That is so many moms. And what I typically say is that it just means you haven't found the way you play yet. And maybe you have, but you haven't defined it as play. And so there, there is um, a secular a doctor who studies play, and he has identified eight play personalities. And I've taken a look at these play personalities theologically and can and kind of help parents, moms especially, to see that um, the way God has designed them can play in a different way than other people or than what they expected. And so the eight play personalities, is the explorer who loves to learn 
And so like me with reading, I am an explorer. Then there's someone um, who's the collector and they love to collect things, but also storytelling. Storytelling can be very playful. And moms, so many moms tell their kids stories. There's also the kinesthete who loves to move their body and moms who have dance parties with their kids or even cuddling and having that physical touch with their children can be very playful. Then there's the competitor, you know, the mom who's like, let's race and see who can get their part of the room cleaned up fastest. It might not seem like play because you're cleaning, but you're still bringing a playful element to it. Or those who like to play board games and get very competitive with that. Um, Then there's the joker, moms who just like to make their kids laugh, tell their kids knock-knock jokes, or enjoy a lot of comedy themselves. And, And I lost count of how many of them there are. But I just think that moms don't necessarily see what they do as playful because they feel like they have to get their to-do list done. And moms often do things playfully. And so when they learn to see what they're doing already as play, then it frees them to feel, oh, I am playful. I do invite my kids into joyful moments. Then it's just so freeing for moms and they can begin to see themselves as playful and can then grow in those strengths of where they are already playing. Yeah. In your experience, is it possible for them to fall into several groups? Yeah, we typically have one to three primary ways that we enjoy playing, but some people do have more of them, but typically it's one to three kind of main ways that we enjoy playing. How do we use the research that you've looked at, you know, from a theological perspective, how do we use that, develop play as a skill, but connect with God in our faith? So I think for me, like I've mentioned, I love a hot cup of tea and I don't always get to drink my tea hot because I also am a mom of five and we have things that we need to do. We have interruptions. And so what I have found is when I am feeling like I'm not experiencing joy and I can take a moment, I like to call it micro play. It's just 30 seconds to five minutes, but I will take a cup of tea or I'll put on a song and I will, I'll hide behind my kitchen counter so my kids can't see me. And I will drink that tea hot and just invite God to that moment. And when I recognize God and I'm intentionally inviting him into that moment, then it's not only play, but it is a spiritual practice. And it is an opportunity for me to just spend time with God and the Holy Spirit might comfort me. He might convict me. He might guide me, or he might just remind me that God delights in me. And all of those things happen because I'm offering him this opportunity to just be with me as I am delighting in the goodness that he has provided with me. That's one of the reasons why I was so excited to talk to you today, Joy, because I knew you weren't going to hold any punches (laughs) and you were going to come right out the gate with actionable advice. Like, 
whenever you're developing a new skill or learning something, I think your mind initially tries to play tricks on you, right? And so it says, oh, that's something new. That's something different. Why even bother? You know, what I'm doing isn't broken. And so there's the inclination that you shouldn't change. You shouldn't try to change. But what I love is that the advice you just gave us about sitting down, (laughs) hiding behind your kitchen counter and taking a sip of hot tea, that's something any mom who's listening to the two of us can do. So you've demonstrated that it doesn't have to be like this grand project or task or activity in order for us to cultivate a playful spirit and invite God into our everyday moments. You hear a lot of traditional wisdom say like you have to have these dedicated moments and you know it's in this one particular place or at this one particular time that you're able to invite God in. I love what you just said because it challenges that (laughs) in such a real and practical way. I appreciate you sharing that example. Yes, absolutely. I am not a Pinterest play mom. I mean, I'm on Pinterest, but a lot of my play, whether it's for myself or with my kids even, is not what people would typically deem Pinterest perfect pictures. We are just simple because that is the only way that it would get done in my house. And I I don't always like make a plan for the week of these are the ways I'm going to disciple my kids throughout the week. I just, I wake up each day and I say, Holy Spirit, I know you want my kids to know you and to be able to hear you even more than I want that for them. And so I'm just going to listen to you and let you take the lead and I'm just going to follow you. And so there are moments when out of nowhere, I'm like, hey, look at that over there. Look at, you know, we're driving down the road. Look at that over there. That reminds me of this Bible story. And the Holy Spirit just shows me things. And it's the same with play of, hey, your house is getting really tense right now. You need some play. You need to connect again as a family. And so, you know, I go and I turn on a song and we have a dance party and it refreshes us and it allows us to play and reconnect. And and the spirit can come back in there and his presence is felt again where, you know, we had been stressed and tensions were rising and we might not have been able to feel the spirit and we weren't reflecting the people that we know that God created us to be. And so play helps us to reset and it helps us to learn and it helps us to grow and to be excited to do it again because it was fun. Okay, so as you were just describing that, I'm starting to think that I'm I'm more playful than I give myself credit. Yes. So, <laughs> one of the things that I do is much like what you just described, like whenever the house is tense or it's chaotic or a toddler has missed their nap time or, you know, I'm shuffling around the big kids and I get them home late and things are just, ah, one of the things I've learned to do this year after going through a course earlier in the year called like approaching life with a smile. One of the things I've learned to do is intentionally activate Holy Spirit and ask him to shift the atmosphere. Um, I think in the past, I would have tried to do it myself and try to control the situation. And now I just tell Alexa to play like a certain playlist and I let him do the work. 
but I never considered that play. So, huh. Yes, absolutely. I think of Zephaniah 317 that talks about the Lord, your God delights over you. He will sing a song over you. And so that for me, that verse is what I used to come up with this. Hey, I'm not delighting in my kids the way I want to right now the way I want them to know God delights in them. And so I'm going to sing over them this silly song from Alexa. And I'm going to let God remind me that he delights in me so that then I can delight in my children again. I absolutely love that. Many moms who are listening to our interview might have started off like this episode, much like myself, like I'm not a playful mom. I don't know what to do Uh, in that instance. If they're still saying to themselves at this point, I don't know how to play. I don't know what play is or what it looks like. I don't know what my play type. I know you can help them. You've already given us an example of one way and how you help them. But if you could take us behind the veil a little bit and just tell us what that looks like for you. Yeah. So I think one thing that I love to do with moms is to help them think about how did you play as a child? What things brought you joy. And when you're a toddler and preschooler, it's kind of you play in all the ways. But as you get into elementary school, especially, typically your play is going to kind of line up with what your play now might look like. So for example, my 10-year-old, she has always loved to play Uh, games where she is like designing a wedding, like she pretends to be a wedding planner and she maps out all these weddings or birthday parties and she just loves to plan. And so one of the play personalities is director and she is so much a director and I recognize it before I even had words to put it together, but she gets joy by designing something and seeing her vision come to life. And so a lot of moms might be that way as well. They love to plan big birthday parties or host family and set tables and they have visions and they love to let that come to life. And so just taking note of what are the ways that you played as a child and what are the things that bring you joy? And not just going to get pedicures and massages, self-care type joy. What are the little things that might even be task-oriented that bring you joy? And spending time asking God, God, did you design me to experience you an abundant life through these things? How can I have more of that in my life? What if we don't feel like we have the time to play? I briefly mentioned the word microplay earlier. I think play is not something that we need to have a ton of time to build it in. I think if we can start with that intentional 30 seconds to five minutes and then um, build that in a couple of times a day, three times a day, and then as you start consistently being intentional with play, 
and looking for joy and inviting God into those moments, then you're naturally going to want more of that. And so then you can build it into a more regular time of once a week, maybe you take 20 to 30 minutes, a bigger chunk, and then just keep adding to that. I think every day we need some kind of micro play, something 30 seconds to five minutes, multiple times a day. But if then if we can once a week, once every other week, get 30 minutes to an hour, and it might be what's called parallel play, which is just playing beside your kids, but doing your own thing, that we can add these things in very naturally. Like, for example, um, my kids love to do watercolor paints. And so I was starting to sit down with them and I decided, okay, I'm going to buy my own set of nicer, not Crayola watercolors, this nicer set of watercolor paints. And when my kids want to paint, I'm going to pull out my special tools and I'm going to focus on something that is more playful, more happy, more exciting to me than just painting in, you know, the puppies and fairy pictures that they want to paint. And so I spend time with my kids. And so it doesn't take more time out of the schedule because I was already doing that. But I've changed my focus during that time so that I can talk to them, but I can also prayerfully be painting my own thing and learning a new, a new creative craft. That's a new term for me, but I'm definitely going to start incorporating it into my day. So I was just wondering if there needs to be any sort of synergy between the parents' play type and the kids' play type, but it sounds like with parallel play, it, there doesn't need to be synergy. We don't have to be doing the exact same thing in order for it to be play and in order for us to model play for our children. Uh, tell me if I'm right or wrong about that. Yes, absolutely. I think if, you know, if different people, maybe some of you are crafty, like if mom enjoys crafts and the kids want to build with Legos, if you can bring them to the same table, then there is still this bonding opportunity that is so important for our kids. And it speaks delight to them and says, I want to spend time with you. And so by inviting everybody to the same space, but each working on their own project, you can enjoy your own play and they can enjoy their play. But also as moms, sometimes we just need to put aside our play and engage in our kids' play and recognize that just because we're using the verb playing with my kids doesn't mean that it actually feels like play for me. And that's okay as a mom occasionally to do that for the sake of our kids and our connection with them. Best advice ever. I love that you said that it doesn't necessarily have to be the same thing. Maybe it is occasionally. We're able to have these instances where we're modeling play for them, but we're doing separate things. Yes, absolutely. And I think sometimes in families, you know, we're going to all enjoy, say, different types of movies. And so for family movie night, you might go through each different kind of person's 
favorite type of movie, but you'll still watch it together, even if it's not your favorite type of movie. And it can be the same with play. If one family member loves to be outside for play, then occasionally it's important for the whole family to say, hey, we love you enough. We're all going to go outside. Even if this isn't my thing, I love you. And so I'm going to do your kind of play. And then at the same time, for parents to say, hey, I want to do this kind of play today. And I would love for you to come along if you want to. You don't have to, but you're invited to join me in my play as well. And then it's this, uh, it shows to your kids I like you and I want to spend time with you and I'm even inviting you into my things. And that can be really special for kids, especially those tweens and teenagers, inviting them into your play and giving them the opportunity to say no, but for them to know that they are invited and welcome into you, into doing things with you that you really enjoy doing can be really good to keep that relationship and that delight in each other going. Yeah. As you're talking, I'm just, I'm amazed by how much influence play can have over our lives. Like just in listening to you talk, I I could see that it can have a positive effect, not only on our relationships, but also our mindsets and even the stories that we tell ourselves. So let's say, you know, you're 30 something year old and your parent never played with you. Like you might create this story about, you know, them rejecting you or never being there for you. But let's say that never happened. And instead that parent was always there, even if they hated going outside in the backyard where there are bugs, but they would do it for you just to toss a ball around. Then you have this different, not only relationship with your parent, but this different story that you're telling yourself and this different experience that you're able to, in return, pass on to your children. So I absolutely love that. Yes. And play also, just as you're talking about the power of it, it has also shown that adults who play consistently, it's not just like a one-time thing and done, but adults who can play more consistently are more creative, have better relationships, are better able to process stress, have better health physically. I mean, it has so many benefits for not only our relationships, but for our bodies, for our brains, um, the neuroplasticity and the way we're able to think and cope and change our thinking improves when we play consistently. And, And just, I mean, when we move and we play with, you know, by moving, that also, you know, helps our bodies as well. Such great advice. Joy, I could sit here and talk your head off all day long. (laughs) But before we go today, I want to give you an opportunity just to tell our listeners how they can connect with you. Absolutely. Thank you. Yes, my podcast is called Playfully Faithful Parenting. And with coaching, I so if you go to my website, createdtoplay.com, you'll see all sorts of opportunities to book a call with me with coaching. I love to walk parents through, like we could do a one-time coaching thing of finding how do you play and how can you use your way to play to connect with God and different spiritual disciplines that will help you 
playfully engage with God. I also love to help parents just incorporate more play into their discipleship in their family and in just their parenting as well. And so that can be one time brainstorming, or we can, you know, I've met with parents throughout a summer. We met every other week on Saturdays and we just talked about what were the parenting struggles happening and what are some ways that we can incorporate play to help with power struggles and all of that. So that the best way to connect with me for coaching is through my website, createdtoplay.com. And you'll find lots of free lead magnets, free things to get on my website. There's a journal and a Bible study for how God disciplines us and how we can use that to discipline our kids. Scripture cards. I mean, it's all there. Createdtoplay.com is the best place to connect with me. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. Don't forget to subscribe for notifications about future episodes. I hope today's episode inspired you, reassured you, helped change your outlook, or encouraged you to take one step closer towards your more. If today's episode blessed you, don't keep it to yourself. Share it with a friend. Please also consider leaving a review to help us reach more women just like you. Before you go, I have to give you one final reminder, and it's this. You are loved. You are a child of God, and you are meant for more.